Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Dory's Excellent Adventure. Welcome. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. We're in a... We're in we're in Dory's parents' condo. Yep. Oh, this is episode twenty nine. I know, but they know that too. Do they? I think so. I just you know what they say about assuming. Right. So we are on the road right now. Dory's book has been uh, in the world now for nearly a week. Yeah, we've done three events. New York twice. Boston, no Portland. Boston is tomorrow. Yeah. If anyone's listening to this today, Monday, come out tonight to Boston at seven in uh, at Trident Booksellers and Cafe on Newbury Street. Um, yeah, we've met a lot of excellent adventure listeners. Yeah, it's actually been awesome. Like so many of you have come out. It's been really great. We appreciate every single one of you taking the time out to come support this book. And thank you so much for buying so many copies that you've earned a second bonus episode. Woo! 
I feel like we should have a sound effect here. Well, I think you saying woohoo like that really conveys our feelings. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, you guys did it. I didn't think you'd do it, but you did it. I'm so proud of some of you. <laughs> I'm so proud of like 1,700 of you. You guys, okay, Matt is kind of underplaying it because if you remember last week, we were like 23 copies short. And then by the time it was by the night before the book came out, we were at like 1750 or something. So we exceeded the goal by 250. Yeah. You guys really came through. It's pretty awesome. Podcast listeners are a special brand of people. They're, they're, a, they're a loyal bunch. They're amazing. Who hear us in their heads every week. If you know people who might like this podcast who don't listen to it, do us a favor. Recommend it to them. Yeah, that would be awesome. Tell them not to worry because we're no longer asking people to pre-order Dory's book. <laughs> so they yeah. can skip that part. We just want <laughs> we just want to get as many people listening to this podcast as possible because it helps with people who are not only going through IVF, but people who know people who are going through IVF. Um, you know, I talked to uh, Holly at your book event today yeah and she had friends who had gone through ivf but had never really talked about it oh and then she listened to this podcast and got a way better understanding than she had gotten from her real life friends wow so yeah holly also listened to all 28 episodes in uh like less than two weeks well she has a long commute she does from new hampshire to boston yeah and we get it yeah um yeah so if like seriously, if you think someone else might like this podcast, recommend it to a friend. I don't know what I can offer anymore to incentivize you because you have an extra episode coming. Um, please also, if you like the podcast, review us on iTunes. Yeah. Rating and reviewing on iTunes helps. And uh, don't forget to join the Facebook group. Facebook.com. Slash something. groups. Okay. Slash excellent adventure. There you go. I never know the answer to that. I know. Just like you never know 413-461-BABY. That's our voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail. We'll answer it on the show if we're in the mood. Um, 413-461-BABY. Yep. And also, you can email us at Matt at gmail or mattanddory at gmail. And we are taking questions for the second bonus episode. So... Email us and put bonus episode question in the subject line. Yeah, if you have a non-IVF related question. You can ask us anything. Yeah, if you read Dory's book and you have some questions about it, you can ask us those. If you watch the Goldbergs and have a question about that, you can ask that. Yeah, you guys, did you all watch Matt's episode last week? I don't know. I hope so. Matt's episode was on. I wasn't able to watch it either. Last Wednesday, it was called Fonzie Scheme. Very funny. And I don't think Dory's seen it. Haven't seen it, but I read the script. <laughs> Very funny script. Uh-huh. Um, uh, wait, and I have one more... Um, bit of business? ...request yeah. for our listeners. If you have read my book, Startup, a novel, by me, mm-hmm. whether you pre-ordered it or you bought it in a bookstore or someone gave it to you and you liked it, it would be amazing if you could leave a review on Amazon and or Goodreads. Um, that would be, that would just be really great. Reviews help your Amazon ranking. They help people find your book. Um, it's just all around good karma to p- 
put a nice review out there in the world. The other thing you can do if you're like, eh, I don't really like leaving reviews. Um, you can go and on the good reviews, you know, on Amazon when it says, was this review helpful? You can click yes. And that makes the good reviews show up first. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't understand bad reviews of things. I don't know. I mean, like, I understand people have the right to have a bad review, but sometimes it's interesting. Like, sometimes reviews feel gratuitously bad. Yeah. Like, like I got, I got like a one star review, like the first or second day of my book, which made me think like, wow, this person could not wait for Amazon to let them leave this one star review. Like they were waiting for release day Mm -hmm. to just be like, I didn't like this book. Yeah. You know, it was a very short review too, right? Yeah. Anyway. Well, if you liked it, please review it. Interesting. If you didn't like it, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah. Just don't, I don't want to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah. Me neither. Um, okay. What are we talking about? Well, there's not a ton going on in, in our world of IVF. Right. We got an email from someone who was like, they didn't love the chit chat. Okay. And they said, I just wish you guys, you know, were talking more about IVF stuff. And what I think people who have not, and I, I may, this person didn't say whether or not she had gone through IVF, but I think if you've gone through IVF, one thing that you understand is that there's long stretches of time when you cannot do anything related to IVF for various reasons. Like maybe you are, you had a polypectomy like I did and you have to then wait another cycle to do IVF. Like there's just always times. You know what I will be happy to do from now on in the future, which is actually something I've had to do on the Star Trek podcast. What's that? I will in the time code, like I'll in the, I'll write in the description. Yeah. Or have you write oh, in like the description? Oh, like chit chat until. Yeah, and then we get to the emails or IVF discussion at such and such time code. Okay. And that really makes everybody happy. I think. Yeah. Because the people who come in and want to hear the chit chat, they can hear it. People yeah. who don't want to hear the chit chat, they can skip. That's actually a really good idea. I've noticed on the. Um, fall asleep podcast they say like story starts at 19 minutes okay there you go so that's that's the kind of thing i'm talking about i like that that's a that's a very servicey thing to do that's for you the listeners because do you think people want to hear about how i felt nauseous on the entire two-hour trip back from portland you know i talked to a couple of listeners today at at the at the uh bookstore and oh by the way you guys should if you're in portland maine go to this bookstore it's so cute everyone there is so nice it's called print a bookstore it's on congress street and 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 some of you guys have emailed or tweeted asking how to get a signed copy if you're not able to go to an event and you can order one from print they will i signed all the rest of their stock oh i sound better now i just wanted to take us up a notch um if you go to printbookstore.com and you order my book, it will be signed. Yeah. So you support an independent bookstore and you get a signed copy of my book. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, sorry. Honey. There's no way for you to like order it in 
signed copy through us. Exactly. Um, we're happy to have Dory sign your copy, but you have to find her in person. Yeah. Which you can do. In many cities. Yep. Um, you were going to say Is that on something. your website? And I interrupted you. Um, no, but I can put it there. Yeah, should put it there. Uh, or just follow her on Instagram. You'll see wherever she is. Yep. At Dory. D-O-R-E-E. Oh, my tour dates are on my website. Uh, yeah. Oh, good. That's what I was talking I about. I thought you meant where you could get a signed copy. No. Oh. I meant where they could find you. Yeah, no, that's on my website. Dory-Shafrieger.com. Great. Um, yeah, just, I was talking to some listeners today and I was asking them how they felt about the chit chat. Oh yeah. What'd they say? They all seem to be very positive on the chit chat. I mean, I, I will say most of the, most of the feedback we've gotten on the chit chat has been positive, but we have gotten a couple of emails that were not super into the chit chat. And I just felt like for, you know, objectivity's sake, I should, I should make that known. Right. But I think we've arrived at a solution. I think that is a brilliant solution. They will know when the chit-chat stops. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, let's really think about what we're doing right now. Nothing IVF-related, you and I. Yeah, I'm basically just, you know, people people, people ask me, like, so when are you going to, when, when do you think you'll do the next transfer? And my response has been, like, I honestly don't even know, and... At this point, I've just sort of thrown up my hands and I'm a little bit like, go with God. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I like, for example, this past month, I was like, okay. Although, hang on. Question. Yeah. Does this count as IVF discussion? Should I tell them that this is the time code? <laughs> yes. I think this is IVF related discussion. Okay, great. So this month, for example, I, I like calculated when I thought I was going to get my period. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, if I get my period in this like five day window, I should be able to do the test. The This five day window in May? No, in April. I'm talking about last month. Oh, I was like, oh, I right. think I could do it. And then I forgot we had to go to that wedding. Yes. And then I and then I have to go to San Francisco for work for two days. Right. So I actually did get my period when I thought I was going to get my period. And then I emailed SEMA and Dr. Beck and told them all the traveling I'm doing. And they were just like, oh, no, no, no. We got to wait till next month. And so I was like, okay. But this month I haven't even like bothered calculating when I'm getting my period because I'm just like you know what? I think it's not even going to work because I have like, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to be in San Francisco from May 30th to like June 2nd or 3rd or something. June Mm -hmm. 3rd, I think. Then the next weekend, I'm going to be in Chicago for the Printer's Row Book Festival. Wait, you're going to be gone what? Yeah. When? I'm going to be gone May 30th. Oh. I thought you said 3rd. May 3rd to June 3rd. I no, was like, no, no. That's what? You're going to be gone for no. a month? Or May 30th yes. to June 3rd. I'm going to be in San Francisco. Okay. I get back on the 3rd. Uh-huh. The following weekend, yes. I'm going to be in Chicago yes. for a book festival. Yep. And I just feel like like I just, I just sense that those are going to be the days that I would have had to do the test. Isn't that usually the way, though? Yes, it is a hundred percent the way. So we're not—we're looking not even at t- testing until July now. I—I I think 
I should be able to do the test when I get my period in June because we don't have any out-of-town trips planned after Chicago. Right. We have a wedding, but it's in L.A. When's the wedding? July, July 4th, 4th of July. Yeah. yeah. July 4th weekend. Oh, that's in L.A.? Yeah. That's good. It's like, And it's like a mile from our house. Great. Um, so, yeah. So I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, I guess June will be when I do this test and then... And then here's the thing. Even after I do this test, depending on the results, she might be like, we need to do the test again. That's very true. So we could be looking at who the hell knows when we could be looking at. Ay, ay, ay. So I'm just like, oh, like, like yesterday or day before someone asked me, I was like, I don't know. Like August at the earliest is when we could probably do a transfer. So it's just like all this waiting. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking July, but that makes sense that it would be August. Yeah. It's just fucking endless. <sighs> well, maybe I'll be around still on strike at that point. Oh, God, I hope not. Who knows? Yeah, Matt might be going on strike tomorrow. Well, I'll know at midnight tomorrow night. Yeah. Whether or not. Anyway. Anyway. So that's, I mean, that's that. Like the the lack of personal IVF discussion is not because we're holding anything back it's that this is the reality of ivf we are holding nothing welcome to our lives nothing back it's i mean it's all very like i don't know it's very it's nice not to have to be going to that stuff totally it's nice to not have to be giving myself shots but at the same time, it's not nice to not have anything for the podcast. <laughs> uh, I know. That's, that's that's really why we do this. We're not, we don't want a baby. We just want to. <laughs> we keep just want to do the podcast. You know, a couple of friends I know who had been doing IVF are are both pregnant. Oh yeah, yeah, which is nice. That's good. Yeah, so you know, it can happen. It can. It can. I'm talking to a lot of people who are using surrogates lately. I met someone at the Portland reading seems who to used be, a surrogate. Seems to be hip right now. Hep? Yeah, hip? Yeah, to and use cool. a surrogate. I, I mean, the the cost of using a surrogate, I can't even like begin to wrap my head around. Nope. It's so much money. Yeah. Well, you know, if I could carry the baby, I would. Oh, thanks, honey. You're welcome. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> Someday they'll make wombs for men. Yep. They grew a baby sheep in a fake womb. Did mm. you see that? I didn't. That's cool, though. Yeah. Who bah. knows what's next? Bah. Or maybe it was a goat. Bah. Bah. All right. <laughs> We've reached the animal sounds portion of the podcast. Which means it's time for some email. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Oh, before we get to the email, I just want to mention something. Um... The founder of a website called fruitfulfertility.org. That's fruit as in grapes, fruitfulfertility.org, wrote in to ask if we would mention it, and I'm happy to mention it. It is a free mentorship matching service that pairs women just beginning their infertility journey with those who have been through it firsthand. Those who are just starting out dealing with tests and diagnoses can get emotional support 
guidance and perspective from a mentor with a similar history who just gets it. Uh, From the founder, Elise, she says, it's an idea I've had for a while, and I'm so excited to finally see it come to life. So that's fruitfulfertility.org. Check it out. That's good. Connecting people who want to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, boy. My power cord just fell out. That's okay. You have 56%. You're going to be fine. Okay. Oh, you think I'm okay? Um, all right. Oh boy. We're on, we're on this bed in my parents' guest room slash office and it is not comfortable. Very uncomfortable. It's like they said, let's buy the least comfortable bed we can find and put it in the guest room. I bet there was a group on for the bed. I think this was my sister's bed when she lived in their old condo. Your sister lived in their old condo? Yes. They moved her senior year of high school. Oh. So I think to like bribe her to move, they they bought her all new furniture. So oh. we might have her to blame for this bed, actually. Well, I think the mattress is not her fault, but it certainly doesn't feel great. No. Um, Second episode we've recorded on a bed. Oh, that's true. Last one was Paris. Oh, yeah. We did record that on the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This is from Aaron. Oh, also, I've met a lot of listeners named Aaron. Okay. I thought it must have been a very popular name in the 80s. Right, it was. I went to school with a number of Aaron's. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my observation. Um, okay. Hi, Dory and Matt. First off, love the podcast, and I pre-ordered your book, Dory. Thank you. Uh, my husband has dumb sperm, and I have old eggs, too. Your podcast is my go-to, and I've been waiting for phone calls with test results. It's such a welcome distraction because you guys make this process not so scary. We are in the middle of our first IVF. So far, we've got seven day three embryos that are hopefully dividing and growing into little blastocysts. That's good. Hope that worked out. Anyways, I was just listening to episode 19 and Matt was talking about his efforts to improve his counts and morphology. I felt obligated to write to you. So background. My husband had testicular cancer in 2010 and had a testicle removed. Mm -hmm. He never did chemo or radiation. When we started to try and nothing happened, we sought out an RE. His count was less than a million and the motility and morphology was pretty much zero. Repeat tests all yielded the same results. Straight away, they recommended us IVF with ICSI. They also pretty much said there's not much to be done at all to help the counts. Depressing and discouraging. Well, we decided to try anyways, whatever it takes to help his sperm counts. Mm-hmm. Andy started taking Proxeed, vitamin supplement. That's what right, they gave yeah. you initially. Stopped riding his road bicycle. Mm-hmm. Hard seat equals lots of pressure. And he used to ride like 10 hours a week. And we both started acupuncture. This is the important part. And although it sounds so weird, I feel like it has to be worth mentioning because if it can help someone, that is all that matters. In our consultation, the acupuncture doctor said that my husband's balls were too hot. Yeah. Like 97 degrees too hot and we're overcooking his sperm. Wait, they were 200 degree balls? This says 97 degrees too hot. That's, I don't understand that, but go ahead. The low counts had nothing to do with the cancer in the past, just being too hot. Matt, you always mention your balls being too hot and Dory says put frozen peas on your balls. I had to write in. Uh-huh. His instructions to my husband were to cut a hole in his underwear yep. and pull out his testicle so that yeah. the way it is exposed to more sounds hilarious. So that way it is exposed to more airflow and there was a fabric barrier between his leg and his ball to keep the temperature down. 
Oh, interesting. Are you following? Yeah, I'm following so far. My husband strongly <laughs> believes this was the factor that changed things. Okay. Over a few months, the temperature did go down. Uh-huh. He also said to sit on a ventilated seat. Oh, I'd love if I we had air-conditioned seats. All the time for all work those. and driving and eat 80% raw vegetables to cool down. We tried for a few months, but we fell off the wagon with the diet. Oh, my God. Honey, this is insane. Are you ready for the results? Yes. Four months later, as we were prepared to do our backup freeze for IVF, his results came back at 76 million. What? The doctor even had us repeat the test as he thought it was maybe a lab error. But it was true. Both had slightly low motility and morphology, but way better than the first five or so semen analyses. Holy shit. So men, cut a hole in your chonies. Yeah. Let those balls cool. Just a little tidbit we thought we should share because as silly as it sounds, it seems like it worked. Thanks for the podcast. You guys are a good reminder of not taking this IVF shit so seriously all the time. It's going to be okay. Andy and Aaron from Lake Forest, California. That's bananas. 70, it went up to 76 million. That's, that's like almost normal. Yeah. That's crazy. Cut a hole in your underwear. Uh, why? Well, I think it's too late for us. Uh, it is too late for if us. If we do another round, yeah, I'm going to but ask. like, I wonder how many months was that that it took? Four months. So I should do it now just in case. Yeah. Just cut holes in all your underwear. Get that ball out, guys. Now, he only had one ball. I know. So I wonder how it works if you have two balls. You just cut holes on either side. No, that wouldn't oh, it's work. That's one ball side, yeah. honey. <laughs> how would that work? <laughs> you just cut a big enough hole for both your balls to go out. Mm. Hmm. Hmm almost easier with one ball no i feel like it's the same you difficulty do. level is the same <laughs> across the board i am just fascinated by this and i hope that other listeners try this and let us know they in four months let us know your results that is crazy i mean uh, bravo the, totally I've been, and I'm also telling you but i've been saying for years that it's ball heat i know but you've you haven't done anything to try to reduce the heat on your balls i know it's hard when you want to like try to exercise on a bicycle. And I know. When you work out, it gets so sweaty. I know, but that's when you put the frozen peas on. Okay, good point. Can't wait till we get back to LA and I can get my balls cold. <laughs> um, all right. This is from Karen. Uh -huh. She says, hi, Mike and Dory. Great. <laughs> Off to an excellent start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. Love the pod, which is funny because those are the names of me and my siblings. Karen, Michael, and Dory. Yeah. Um, love the podcast. One comment and one question for you. Her comment is, I'm 35 and decided to freeze my eggs earlier this year after A, sadly getting divorced and B finding out that I have some fertility challenges, which may make getting pregnant difficult in the future. I was super disappointed to learn that there are very few resources for people like me doing an egg retrieval without looking to fertilize and transfer immediately. Also, there are even fewer re resources for people going through fertility treatment that do not have partners or significant others. Luckily, I had an amazing nurse who checked in with me often and reminded me that even though I'm doing this on my own, I'm not alone. Just wanted to throw some good energy and encouragement to anyone on this journey by themselves. Mm -hmm. Question. 
I was just in my local library requesting start up a novel and mentioned to the librarian that I'd heard about your book from your podcast and that you would ask people to pre-order. She told me that writers generally don't see library purchases as, quote, valuable since they end up making less money because the library will only purchase a copy or two instead of each person buying their own copy. Dory, what do you think? I'm a big fan of libraries because they help lots of people, especially those who can't afford to buy books, have access to books and other materials. But I also understand my librarian's point. Since I didn't pre-order your book personally, I've made a donation to your podcast IVF fund. Good luck with all your book events and your continuing IVF journey. Lots of us are sending you our good luck. Okay, so thank you for your comment. Now, to your question, um, I personally see library purchases as very valuable, and I will tell you why. Here we go. <laughs> um, for one thing, as you say, they libraries are great because they help people who can't afford to buy books or don't have access to books. So I, my gut is that the majority of people who take my book out from the library mm -hmm. are people who are not going to have bought my book new anyway. Yes. So I'm get I'm reaching this whole other population of readers. Maybe they recommend my book to someone. Maybe they Instagram my book and talk about how much they like it. Maybe, you know, down the road, they're like, oh, I'm going to actually, I like this so much. I'm going to buy this as a gift for someone. Like, I feel like you the more people you can reach with your book by any means necessary the better and you know those when libraries buy a copy or two of your book like you're still getting royalties from that book like yes you're not getting royalties on every single person who borrows the book but like right. it's not like you're donating the books um so that's that's my thought on the, on that i i i i sense that that and this might be a, a incorrect generalization, but I do sense that most of the people who are borrowing the book probably would not have purchased it anyway. Maybe they would down the road buy it used, but that doesn't help me anyway. Well, I see the logic in both. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Even though you call me Mike. <laughs> uh, should we listen to a voicemail? I, I, I hope so. I hope we should. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. Uh, hang on. Before you do that, let me just make sure we're not going to blow our ears out. Thank you. I would actually take that down to about there and go ahead. Hi, my name's Alyssa. I'm from Minnesota. Uh, I'm pretty young, so I'm not really thinking about having kids yet, but I am applying to medical school, so I really appreciate hearing about your journey, um, both from the patient side, and it really gives me a chance to think about uh, what kind of doctor I want to be. So thanks for that. I was hoping to take you guys up on the offer for some advice. Um, my three best friends and my boyfriend are all moving out of the country slash out of state, and I was just wondering if you had any advice for keeping up long-distance relationships, um, both kind of romantic and platonic, uh, as kind of me and my friends are going through some big changes, and I would really like to to stay close to them. So, thanks. Uh, bye. Interesting question. Mm. I imagine it's a lot easier now with, yeah. with your FaceTimes and your whatnots right. to keep that kind of thing going. Um, I think it's important to 
not think of the distance as a, as a thing mm. and to text them as you would when you're in the same state as them uh, and to call them as you would if they were around. Yeah. I am not great at that. Agreed. I'm not great at it either. I'm trying to give you some advice that I wish I had taken. I know. And one thing that I I think is a good thing to do that I don't do is to make a make like a phone date with your besties like once a week. Like so at least you know like every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, you're going to talk to Jessica or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just like a good habit to get into. I wish I had instituted that habit when I moved away because I feel like now it's too late and I very rarely talk to my friends who live far away on the phone. And But every time I talk to them, it's always like we always have a great conversation. I'm like, yeah. oh, we should talk more. And then, you know, life gets in the way, but like, it's hard. It's, I will say it is hard. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. And there is a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. And so you have to do everything you can to really maintain those relationships. Uh, I agree. I mean, but also if they're your friends, they're going to stay your friends. So you don't have to really um, worry about losing them per se. That's true. Like, you know, John and Joe, my best friends who live in Massachusetts, uh, we don't talk all that often, but we text a lot. Yeah. Um, And then when I see them, it's uh, the same as it always was. Right. In fact, we're here now, but I've only seen them for a day and a half. We went to the Red Sox game with John and Shannon. That's true. No, we saw them last night. Yep. So. So. Anyway. Yeah. All right. It's hard to, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's it's hard. But uh, I think I think if you pretend they're not gone, and also with FaceTime, I feel like FaceTime yeah, is Yeah, FaceTime. Like, FaceTime's real good. It, there is something about seeing someone's face that's like. Yeah. And hearing their voice. Like, yes, it's good to text but I, I think that if you really want to keep things up, it's it's good to FaceTime or, or call. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks. Tees and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, 
but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. I think I have no idea where we were. <laughs> <laughs> we were right here uh, with Sabrina's email. Do you want to read that? Sabrina. This is from Sabrina. Sabrina from your book? Mm, yes, Sabrina from my book wrote in. Oh, that's weird. She's fictional. I don't, and do she that? has two kids. Uh, hi, Dory and Matt. I'm a longtime listener and first-time writer, about halfway through episode 26. And while I felt like writing previously, I often listen during my day at work and cannot pull out my phone to write an email. So I have a ton of post-it notes in my bag to remind me of things I wanted to say. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Does she ever. (laughs) Oh, buckle up, everybody. We're in Sabrina town. (laughs) I'm actually on my break right now and just listened to the email from Megan, who has trouble on estrogen birth control and felt even more compelled to write in. I'll preface this by saying I am no longer on birth control and also have no plans of having children. And even went so far as to have Assure implants done in 2013. So I am now sterile. When I was younger, high school age, I struggled greatly with depression, as well as PMDD and horrible periods. My doctors and parents put me on birth control to try to control my moods. They bounced me around from one medication to another. And the only one that seemed to help my systems was a combination of Yaz and Safe FM. Hmm. Do you know Safe FM? I don't. That's well, what it I says. hope I'm saying it right. Where is it? I mean, that looks like Safe FM. Safe FM? Safe FM? Yes. <laughs> I always liked Yes. Yeah, they're, a, they're good a, ads. 
I like it. Yeah, because he's a great Red Sox slugger. Mm. Uh Say for Seraphim. Oh, that's it. Seraphim. Oh, it was a typo. <laughs> it was a typo that I read totally. Seraphim is Prozac, but in a pretty pink pill. <laughs> My doctor's only had me taking it about only 10 days per month the 10 days before my period started i was walking i was a walking shell of myself sure i was less cranky but i feel like i was screaming inside my own head while no one could hear me so i wanted to write in to let you know you're not alone in feeling how you do medication can do crazy things to someone and you never know how it's going to affect you until you start taking it I'm glad you've recognized that it's the estrogen causing these issues for you. And I hope that you're finding uh, other methods of contraceptive that will work better for you. Hmm. I mean, that was kind of what we were saying, like that there's probably some kind of cocktail out there, whether it's the antidepressants that you need to tweak or the birth control. I love a cocktail. Yeah. If your mother loves a cocktail, try the wine basket from (laughs) harryanddavid.com. Enter the promo code adventure. adventure. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed listening to your podcast. I'm in the group that found you through listening to Nerdist. More wholesome episodes, please. Uh, Dory, I wanted to let you know that I feel the same about making plans. My husband is very meh to plans unless he makes them. And it's something he wants to do. And we've been together for 12 years. And I've learned that if we're going to do anything, it either needs to be his idea or we just need to do it on our way home from work. We work together, so we carpool. Uh, because when we get home, his anchor comes out and we're not going anywhere. I like that the, his anchor comes out. That's such a good way of like describing, describing yeah. Matt. Wait, what? <laughs> On the note of not telling your kids their story, if they're adopted, conceived through IVF, IUI, etc., I wanted to include something people may not have considered. A friend of mine is a sperm donor baby. His mom was unmarried but wanted to have a child, so he went to a sperm bank. In his early 20s, my friend joined the military. One of the jobs he went for required top-secret clearance, and because he doesn't know who his biological father is, he was unable to get clearance and unable to get the job he wanted. He was considered a security risk because there was a potential for his biological father to find him and potentially use his clearance to gain information. That's insane. (laughs) That is a real specific scenario yes and that is food for thought so sabrina <laughs> finally this is coming out to be much longer than i expected <laughs> thank you for filling us in on your journey i work for a big health insurance company in the pharmaceutical pharmacy authorizations department and i work on fertility benefits quite frequently there are so many plans uh that don't include infertility benefits so it's Tell fantastic it. that you've worked with your employer to get it added mm. Also, be sure to check and see what your lifetime maximum is for fertility benefits. As I've seen some of the caps uh, as low as $10,000 lifetime. Yeah, that's what mine is. Aye, aye, aye. Thanks, Sabrina. Which doesn't get you very far. Most yeah, people no don't realize insurance plans now aren't designed by the big mean insurance company who is just out to get you, but instead by your employer. Who's just out to get you. Yeah. Plans are no longer bundled like they used to be. Instead, your employer gets to pick and choose what they want to cover. Think of it like fast food. Instead of ordering the number five combo meal with fries and a drink, you mix and match everything off the dollar menu. This allows employers to save money on the overall plan while still providing, hopefully, benefits to their employees want. If your insurance doesn't cover something you need, ask. As an aside... 
There are some states that have state-mandated infertility benefits, so listeners should check with their state regulations as well. I wish you the best of luck on your journey. Love, Sabrina in Phoenix. Um, I like that email because she really, she hit on a lot of points, you know, a lot of information in that email. Yes. A um, lot of firsthand experience with all sorts of uh, scenarios scenarios and drugs. Yeah. And insurance. Yeah. And, you know, what she says, though, about the insurance being like ordering fast food, it's true. Like, you know, I, I also bet that covering infertility is expensive for a lot of employers. And so they don't add it unless they're kind of forced to. Right. Or asked to. Or asked to. And so, you know, we've said this before, but if you, if your employer doesn't cover infertility, I think at the very least it's worth asking about. Um, I know, you know, that people might feel uncomfortable kind of revealing that they're going through it, but we've heard from a couple people who said that um, inspired by my, you know, my asking, they yeah. asked and they got it covered. So unbelievable. So like, you know, really starting a movement. Over I here. just feel like people should ask. The, I mean, the worst that can happen is the employers like, no, we can't. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? Well, good email, Sabrina. Yeah. Hi, Dory. Hi, Matt. I'm Zita. Hello. A listener from Belgium. You know, the country next to France and oh, the Netherlands. So I should say something about this email. I meant to put it in last week's podcast, and it was an oversight that it was not in last week's podcast. Why? You'll you'll understand in a little while. So I felt like we should read it this week. Oh, okay. Our capital's Brussels, which also nobody knows, or at least knew, until your president called us a hellhole. That's not true. We knew of Brussels from Jean-Claude Van Damme, who is the muscles from Brussels. <laughs> So, Zita, there's a lot going on in We Belgium. also knew about it from the attack on the Bataclan in Paris because the mastermind was caught in Brussels. We also knew about it from uh, Gerard Depardieu, who left France forever because of taxes and being drunk and tried to go to Brussels. Oh, really? Yeah. We also know it from the Pepperidge Farm cookie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, that's the country which I live in, she says. <laughs> it's great. The reason I write to you is colon. Oh, my God. We fucked up. I know. We really fucked up. I feel really bad. This is unbelievable. You guys can help me with an awesome birthday surprise. Dory, I know you will like it. I pre-ordered your book. Yes, I can do that from Belgium. Isn't that totally mind-blowing? It For my is. My sister Sarah's birthday, which is coming in April 27th. I know. I'm sorry. Ugh. She's a major fan of you guys. I'm sorry, Sarah. This is my fault. <sighs> Yesterday morning, she texted at 7.45 a.m. with the words, yes, an excellent adventure of one hour and 20 minutes. Exclamation point. That was it. And she's a major book fanatic. Oh. So am I, as is Dory, I presume. Yes. And so are all the best people in the world. Yes. Agreed. So first I thought, I'm going to order the book for her. It's going to be great. But then I thought, giving her the book would only be an average surprise. <laughs> but what if... Have you emailed her back to be like, I'm sorry we didn't do this. We're going to do it this week. No, I've had a bit of a crazy week. You have week. had a bit of a crazy week. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, but what if 
follow me here. I sent you guys an email saying I ordered a copy of the book. So she could find out through listening to these exact words that I, her sister, bought your book, Start Up a Novel by Doris Shafrir for her birthday. How meta and amazing and totally mind-blowing would that be? I don't know how long shipping takes to get to Belgium. She probably doesn't have the book yet. Oh, this is... Maybe this will work. So, you know, if you have time to squeeze in my tiny little email containing the most awesome birthday surprise ever, it would be great. If not, I still love you guys. Well, I'm sorry. God. This is really all on Dory. I mean, she's had nothing going on. I can't believe she didn't (laughs) remember to do this. Dory, I know I will love your book. Matt, Juliet Naked is definitely an all-time favorite. Fist bump. And thank you for your insight on why you want to have kids. So you have a reason not to travel. I was always wondering why my brother-in-law desperately wanted to have kids at 26, but he doesn't like to travel. So after you told the story, I put two and two together. Now it's crystal clear to me. Thank you for that insight. That's amazing. I have no questions. Keep on being very funny people. Holler. That's from Zita in Belgium. Zita, I hope, I hope Sarah's birthday was good. And I hope Sarah enjoys Start Up a Novel by Dory Shafrir. Me too. I hope that as well. Can't believe us. Apologies about the oversight. Apologies not accepted. Oh my God. Uh, This is from Anonymous. Like so many others, I came to your podcast through the Nerdist and I've enjoyed every episode of your podcast. First, I wanted to say I love hearing about your life outside of the podcast, including the hilarious bow antics. I feel like it's a weekly hangout with some really good friends. Oh, see, that this is a pro chit-chat email. Well, I mean, they're going to get their chit-chat, and the people who don't want chit-chat now know that the non-chit-chat portion began at about 11 minutes. There we go. Well, I'm not undergoing IVF currently. I'm getting married in October, and my fiancé and I hope to start a family fairly quickly after our wedding. You mentioned that uh, listening to the podcast might make people think that everyone needs to go IVF in order to start a family, and I have to say that is somewhat true. Since listening to the podcast, there's a small part of me that just assumes IVF will be in my future. This is, this is, what if we're doing more damage than good out here? <laughs> uh, logically, I know this assumption is far-fetched, but either way, I feel like I will be prepared for the journey down fertility lane. Uh, infertility lane, she said. I incorrectly read fertility. Uh if that does come our way. So thank you for the podcast and awareness I'm raising. I'm sure that many people new to IVF process will appreciate having your podcast uh, as a way to begin understanding the complicated world of infertility. You know, anonymous emailer, tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Recommend it to them. We appreciate it. The real reason I am writing is because your podcast has inspired me to make some changes in my own life. I was reflecting on one of your early podcasts when you two discussed switching doctors. Hearing how happy you were with switching doctors made me decide to begin looking for a new psychiatrist because I do not like the one I'm currently seeing. Ah. Uh, it seems a it seems like a completely simple decision to switch professionals with to someone I'm comfortable with. However, switching doctors wasn't something I'd even considered until you began talking about it on the podcast. I started the process of finding a new psychiatrist last week, and it was all thanks to you. I just wanted uh, to let you know that your podcast has been helpful to me, despite the fact that I'm not undergoing IVF or even trying to start a family right now. Thank you for sharing your story with all of us, and good luck on the rest of your journey. That's from an anonymous listener. So part of the reason I wanted to put this email in there is because I was thinking 
now that it's like we're not going to have a kid for a really long time, I might switch OBGYNs. Whoa. I know. I don't, I've never, like, I've never loved mine. She's fine. I, she seems to take good care of my lady parts, but like, <clears throat> I, I, I don't, like, she's not like particularly warm or. Do you need warmth? You know, I loved my OBGYN in New York. Yes. Dr. Ottenheimer, if you're listening, <laughs> shout outs. Um, Do you think she or he is listening? I doubt she is listening, but if she is or if anyone goes to her, you're so lucky. I wish I still went to her. And she was just like, I don't know. I just liked her. She was, she wasn't warm in like a, she was, she was, I don't know, not in like a gushy way, but like, felt like I could have a conversation with her. She just like got it. She was a single mom. Like, I, I don't know. I just like liked her. I, I, I would have entrusted her with, with my baby delivery for sure um and i just don't have that vibe from my current doctor so i had been thinking about possibly crowdsourcing a new OBGYN. <laughs> okay <laughs> you know putting it on facebook like sure. i do for all of my important life decisions she really does she asks everybody on facebook uh essentially the internet controls our life I mean, it's been very useful. It's like, oh, we're going here. Where should we eat? Yeah. And like and everyone. What thing should we do yeah. in this place? Everyone's like super helpful. It's awesome. Well, I'm going to read this email from Jamie. We have we have another voicemail too, you know. Uh, let me see. We have one, two, three emails and then, left. You know, you never sent me the donor list. Uh, I have it on my computer. So I have to. Are you just going to read the names? You can read it off your, my computer. Oh, okay. And then I'll read the the fun comment about that. Okay. Um. <clears throat> oh, anyway, so, so so anonymous listener, I'm proud of you for switching doctors. We're so proud of you, anonymous. Very proud of you. Great job. So, would you like to do an email, listen to a voicemail, and then do the last two emails? Great. Okay. This is from Jamie. Hi, first of all, thank you so much for your dedication to the podcast, even when you are tired, stressed, or injured. I mean, <laughs> From almost of the all of park. the above apply today. Also, by the way, I got my stitches out on Thursday. We should have given that update in the chit-chat. but I know, we forgot. Um, I got my stitches out at an urgent care in Manhattan on Thursday that took my insurance, so I only had to pay $10. Finally. And the doctor came in to the room and she was like, she definitely was younger than me. And she was wearing just, she was just wearing like a gray sweater and like black pants, like no lab coat, no scrubs, uh-huh. nothing. And she was like, hey, like it was like a friend was coming over to like take out my stitches. But then she was like, oh, well, I work in surgery in the ER. So, <laughs> and she was very fast and uh, not painful about taking out my stitches. That's great. So, and it, and it. You know, I almost have full movement back in my hand. She's getting there, guys. She is getting I there. I mean, it looks disgusting. It does look pretty grody to the max. And this is actually better. Like the first day or two, it was like At oozing. the baseball game, it looked gross. Oh my God. My Shannon, our friend at the baseball game, she later told me that she had said to John, her husband, that my wound looked really disgusting. And John told her not to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
if they had told me, I would have said something to And you. then last night, it looked so much better, so she felt like she could tell yeah. me that. <laughs> all right. This email's from Jamie. Hi. First of all, thank you so much for your dedication to the podcast, uh, as we said. Yeah. Even when you're injured. Uh, you're creating a space for people to learn, share, and feel like they're part of a community. Although my husband and I conceived the baby the natural sex way, uh, it was not nearly as easy as life up to that point would have led me to believe. Combination of acupuncture, Chinese herbs, and uh, my, was my favorite. Uh, sorry. The combination of acupuncture and Chinese herbs was my favorite tool because it allowed me to rest for an hour a week and preparing the herbs every day made me feel like I had some control in an out of control situation. I so enjoyed hearing from Mark and Chris about how they brought baby Michael into the world. I really want to thank them for sharing the emotional details of their journey as a newish parent who spent more uh, of the last year thinking about breastfeeding than I ever would imagine would have imagined. I wondered if breastfeeding was something negotiated in surrogacy agreement. Given the nutritional and immunological immunological mm-hmm. benefits to the baby and the psych- uh, so physi- physiological benefits to a postpartum woman, uh, is this something the parents uh, consider? I understand that if the parents live in a different state than the surrogate, it might not be possible logistically as the hospital stay uh, after the hospital stay, but perhaps pumped milk could be transported. Quick Google search of the topic led me to my message boards where my breastfeeding surrogates were a hot topic. Ooh. <laughs> Lots of strong opinions for and against by the surrogate parents. The conversation seems centered around women using hetero women using surrogates, uh, though, so bonding was an apparent concern. However, some of the women who have who used a surrogate were able to use medicine to induce lactation even though they had not just given birth. Huh. How nice would that be if two moms could share the burden of breastfeeding? Oh, that would be nice, I, I imagine, Yeah. if they both want to do that. Uh, made me also think of your podcast guests, Hannah and Amy. Yeah. You guys going to hit up the double breastfeed? I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, hoping for the best for you guys, Jamie. P.S. Have you considered a adding a reference page to your website for all the articles, books, web pages? That your listeners have suggested. I thought that was a great idea. That is something that Mary Jane could do. That Mary Jane, our dog walker slash web helper, <laughs> uh, might be able to handle. But so, we, what do you think about that? It's something I hadn't thought about. Um, I mean, you know the the term wet nurse re- refers to a woman who breastfed a baby who was not hers. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is a thing that has happened in the history of the world. Like women either breastfeeding or giving their breast milk to a baby that wasn't theirs. Um, I don't know if it's something that gets negotiated with surrogates. Um, I would love to hear from a surrogate or someone who used a surrogate if they did that and kind of how it worked logistically. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, here's the other thing. Like, like I don't, I don't really want to get into breastfeeding versus not breastfeeding, but I also feel like just again, do what is best for your family. If breastfeeding is not in the cards, your baby is going to be fine. If you feed it formula. Good point. So I was fed formula. What? I was fed formula. 
And look at you now. I think. I have actually no idea. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll hear from your I'm mom I'm pretty about sure it. I was. <laughs> mom, <laughs> why don't you text us both, and Dory will be the only one to reply, uh, and tell us, was I breastfed? I have an inkling that I was not. I was okay. the fourth kid. She's probably like over it. You don't know that. She's probably like, ah, I gotta go to the hospital anyway. All right. You know? Yeah. Busy nurse life. Yeah. Uh, next voicemail is three minutes and one second long. That makes me think it might have gotten cut off. What do we do? I think we listen to it. Oh, boy. Here we go, everyone. <laughs> Buckle up. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, Matt. Hi, Dory. Hi, Bo. Uh, my name's Annie. I live on the East Coast. Um, I just wanted to call because I uh, I wanted to address the topic of Dory kind of being down in the dumps lately and also the past topic of um, us aspiring pregnant women and our feelings towards currently pregnant or recently pregnant women. Um, a couple of years ago, I was in a situation with my partner where we were starting to, in the very early stages, uh, discuss um, going in for uh, IUI. Uh, and we ended up, unfortunately, we kind of, you know, back and forth, back and forth with, you know, all the, you know, things. And eventually we had to ultimately uh, cancel our process and basically what happened to me was uh I had to call the clinic and and cancel our our consultation with the doctor which was pretty much the worst phone call I've ever had to make in my life. Yikes. Um and then uh, not even 48 hours later um one of my friends who she was my best friend in high school and the first few years of college um she told me that she was pregnant and it was a total surprise. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, this friend also was battling a heroin addiction. Oh, so to be someone who so badly wanted to be pregnant to find out that, you know, I had this person in my life who became pregnant uh, on accident and you know so being jealous of that on top of knowing that she would never be able to go the nine months without you know feeding her habit um was very difficult and then on top of it she kind of went back and forth you know very casually about you know well i don't know if i want to have an abortion or not oh, and this God. and the other thing just kind That's of fun. made my anger just spike um and then uh, in that same week, I actually had a baby shower to go to, so I had to go to the baby store and, you know, buy gifts and look at baby registries and, you know, look at baby things, and it was probably the hardest week of my life, um, having to, you know, having two people in my life, you know, one so 
you know, casually and nonchalant, not even sure if she wants to have this baby, uh, not sure if she can produce a healthy baby, which she didn't. Um, oh, no, we have seven seconds left. I don't know. If it's story. Um, and then this other friend who was so happily, you know, just very easy. Oh. Oh. You know what? I think we got there, though. You know what? I bet people don't realize that Google Voice cuts them off. At three minutes. Yeah, and they keep talking, and then they don't realize they have to call back, because I bet it doesn't beep or anything. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But that is just so sad and brutal. But I wonder what the... I wonder what her point, main point was. Yeah. Call us back. What she's telling us, though, is that she had to go through some very difficult times of hearing that her friend was pregnant. Yep. Who may not even want the baby. Yep. And she had wanted to have a baby and had to cancel her appointment. Yeah. Which is very upsetting. Yep. And baby showers. It's tough. Ay. Ay, ay, Um, Do you want to read that super long one next week? I do, only because there is a lot of mentions of... This is a very bonus episode-y looking one. Because I'm seeing a lot of mentions of uh, my friends Kevin Hardwick. Uh, you know, Dogma, Dave Matthews, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I see a lot of it in there. Yeah. So I feel like this might be a better one to read next week. So, Christopher, with a K, you're going to be a fucking bonus hero. Cool. All right. Uh, this is from Shana. Or Shana. Shana? Shana. I feel like she donated to the podcast and phonetically spelled her name. Oh, maybe. Because it wasn't the way I thought. Anyway. Hi, guys. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to feel slightly smug. I totally <laughs> guessed Illinois. My hunch was that it was because the American College of Ops... Uh, Obstetrics. Obstetrics and gynecology is based there. Oh, mm. that's some insider information. Also, I put startup on hold through my library. Can't wait until it's ready. You might mention on the podcast that startup is all one word. That's true. It is. That is true. We have not mentioned that. <laughs> uh, I couldn't find it until I searched Shafrir. Ah. Uh-huh. Got my copy through Overdrive, the library ebook audiobook app. Yet another way people can get their hands on your work. That is a thanks. Oh, I never knew about Overdrive. That's very cool. Oh, before we get to the donors, I also want to mention we heard back from Mary, our data scientist. Remember her from last week? I do. Um, She sent us a very detailed email that I don't think we can really read on the podcast, but might be a good thing to put on the new uh, reference section of our website. Um, she also tweeted some interesting statistics at me. So her name is Mary Besica, B-E-C-I-C-A. So you can look at her Twitter and, and she has some good stuff. But But the biggest takeaway is that the... Places with the highest rate of fertility clinics, I thought this was interesting, are tend to be rural places, like or more rural places. But Boise County, Idaho, has the most, has the highest rate of fertility clinics. So I, I thought that was interesting. And Queens, New York, has the lowest. That's amazing. Yeah, Queens, New York, has the lowest. Has the lowest because you know there's so many people there. 
I can't. I can't even fathom. Okay. I can't even fathom that. That's, yeah. Uh, Mary, our new statistician who works for this podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for sending us that. Dory. Yes, Matt. We have a lot of donors. Well, we... Two weeks of donors. We should Three be caught up. Three weeks of donors, up. maybe. And I, let me also just say, if you donated in the last few weeks and we have not read your name yet, please email us because it is possible that some news email us fell through the cracks. with the... Uh, uh, subject line hey i donated yeah <laughs> exactly all right yep so dory's gonna read a read a if you want to donate to the podcast and help us with ivf uh and, and the podcast, this podcast uh or if you want to buy Bo a uh, uh, stuffed microphone you can do that yep just go to excellentadventure.com click on donate yeah i had to move this away from there because it was buzzing ah oh maybe that was the issue last could have been so I don't know how how we're gonna do this because there's two uh, there's two people here, one computer, and Dora usually reads the name. So Ooh. all of our excellent donors, I'm gonna read a fact about you. Okay, you ready? Yes. Cody Wappenkamp. Uh, Cody uh, Cody will only use ways if difficult left turns is turned off. Ooh. Uh-huh. Evelyn Katsarakis. Uh, Evelyn worked as a manager of a wet seal to pay her way through college. Andrew Steinley. Uh. Andrew's favorite tabletop game is Settlers of Catan. What do you think about that? We haven't done these donors yet. Uh, we have not that I know of. If we've done them, then we're doing them again. All right. They're getting new facts. Bryson Elliott. Uh, despite his name being Bryson, Bryson Elliott does not own a single pair of salmon-colored shorts. Mm. Seems like a guy named Bryson Elliott would. Andrew Hutt. First rated R movie Andrew saw in the movie theater was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Carrie Lopez. Carrie, you sleep on the left side of your bed. Always have, always will. You also sleep on your left side. Joshua Alferez. Joshua, interestingly enough, has never been to the Olive Garden. Nicholas Young. Oh, good old Nick Young. Nick strives to one day complete a sub-six-minute mile. He trains daily while listening to this podcast and Duran Duran's greatest hits. Now, Frederick, I cut off your last name. My wife probably has your last name somewhere. Uh, I think I do. Oh, boy. We're going to find it, Frederick. I cut it off on my phone, and you can't undo anything. Oh, oh. Was it Heidi Frederick? No. You sure about that? Pretty sure. Uh, oh, yeah, because this is from February 14th. Heidi, huh. thank you for oh, donating wait. back one, in February. One more. One you more. were great. Frederick. Oh, boy. No. And it's Frederick with a K? Yeah. No, Frederick with a C. Oh, Frederick. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. Frederick Roy. Oh, good old Frederick Roy. You donated... A- $99.99. That's very generous. It's the only time I've ever seen this. Frederick, I know you donated that much money because my wife had the email open. Uh, he also... He wrote a note. He wrote a note. Dory Matt, thanks for sharing your journey with the world. This comes from Eastern Canada, by the way. It is appreciated and heartwarming. Use part of this to get Bo a good kosher hot dog. Oh, and look, it's Frederic. Frederic Roa, probably. No, probably. It's probably Roa. Roy. No, Roa. Okay. Because that's how you say the world's greatest hockey player that isn't Bobby or, or Wayne Gretzky, Roa, Patrick yeah. Roa. Uh, Frederick, I want you to know the fact about you is that you had your bag stolen while in a cabana at the Fire Music Festival. <laughs> oh, poor Frederick. <laughs> uh, Jenna Collier Cooper. 
Jenna played clarinet in middle school band. She never learned to play. She just pretended. Whoa. Yep. Liesl Rampano. Uh, Liesl, you spend your weekends selling hand-dipped beeswax candles at the Queen Victoria Market. Uh, and Liesl wrote... I said the Queen Victoria Market because she's from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, she wrote, Dory Matt, I was outraged by that comment about Matt's guitars in Paris Vacation uh, that I, I've sat down mid-podcast to donate. Please do not put this towards the mics or meds, but to first-class tickets to Paris. Seriously, screw you, Mr. Two Stars. Best wishes, Liesl, in Melbourne, Australia. Liesl is my favorite person. <laughs> I loved go. that. Uh, Shanna. Shanna. Oh, Shauna. Sorry. Shauna Mendel. Uh, Shauna, your favorite cereal is Cookie Crisp, mostly for the cookie-flavored milk that you get after the cereal is done. Christopher Fonagy. Uh, Christopher, you have an intense fear of driving over bridges. I don't know if you know that. So- Christopher also might be the person who wrote the email. Yes. Uh, yes. Christopher, we're going to read your email next week, buddy. Sasha Barcheski. Uh, Sasha had no idea Circuit City closed until I just said it. Marcus Zimmer. Marcus runs a small investment firm exclusively that exclusively trades food commodities, mostly salt and sugar. It's called Hungry Investors. And then someone by the name of Steam Whistle Coffee Roasters donated, and I emailed them to ask if there was a name they wanted, and they never emailed me back. So well, here I, we go. I decided to write a slogan for them. Oh, okay. So if you own a business, I'll write a slogan for you, too. Uh, Steam Whistle Coffee Roasters, shove it down your pipe. Okay. That's what it is. That's a good one. That's their... I mean, you don't seem enthused about it. Uh, Kate Robinson. Uh, Kate, you're a full-time mechanic specializing in British-made uh, vehicles. You hate working on Lotuses. Why? Uh, they're just a pain in the ass for uh, her. Karen Perelman. Uh, Karen thinks it's ideal uh, to live 93 miles away from your parents. It means you only have to see them when you feel like it. That's kind of genius. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Miller. Patrick, your favorite movie is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Janice Flax. Janice, you are allergic to strawberries. Chainan Vesheta. I doubt that is how that name is pronounced. I bet it's Shannon. It's a fun way to... Shannon (laughs) Vesheta. Shannon, midway through, I stopped writing your quote, your fact. I wrote, Shannon hopes her interpretive dance enrolled. What does that mean? I don't know. Shannon, you hope to one day enroll in an interpretive dance class, but you have not yet done it. I'm making that up right now. Our good friend, Paul Charles. Yes, when Paul Charles isn't listening to podcasts, he can be found refreshing his podcast app looking for more episodes. (laughs) Sarah Francis. Sarah your middle name is probably Maria. Meredith Locke. Uh, Meredith Locke is the protagonist of a, in a series of mystery detective novels called Lock and Key. Oh, I like that. Ron Sapphire. Uh, Ron makes the mistake of loading up on rice at Chinese buffets. Ooh, rookie mistake. Katie Gillette. Katie, your dream car is a 1987 Jaguar XJE in British Racing Green. Cheryl Chapel. Uh, Cheryl has never been to a full-service gas station. Catherine Lincoln, although the note said from Michelle, so I don't know. Maybe your name is Michelle. Yeah, well, you know, Catherine or Michelle, you work in an insurance company in an industrial park called Unicorn Park. Uh, this was donated in the name of Scott Gerard, who's turning 40 this year. Scott, you dream of one day opening a navigation app catering to sad teens called 
Scott Gerard Ways. Because <laughs> your name is Scott Gerard. Um, and Zach says thanks for the BMX bike. Word. Uh, this was donated in the name of Victor Segura. Now, Victor, you hope to open a discount food store that sells recently or soon to be expired food items called To the Victor Go the Spoils because your name is Victor. That's good. And that's, that's good. what you want to do. Uh, Katie. Oh, Kate Sipples. Kate, uh, you order soup over salad 98 out of 100 times. Um, and then there's four more names that I have not written the thing for yet. Okay. So let's go. Rebecca Corando. Corando? Okay. Corando. Oh, and she spelled it out, too. Yes. Uh, Rebecca, you have never, in ironically, even though the phonetic spelling of your name has dough in it, yeah. you've never made cookies at home. Hmm. Nathaniel Blowen. Blowen. Blowen? Yes. What did Nathaniel donate the money for? For Bo's new microphone toy. Oh, my God. Nathaniel, thank you. Bo is going to be thrilled with a squeezy microphone that we'll call Nathaniel. That's your fun fact? My fact about Nathaniel is that we're buying a microphone for Bo. I think that's cheating. Oh. Uh, Nathaniel, you have never seen a Star Trek movie, which is weird. Get on it. Watch The Wrath of Khan. Jennifer Steele. Oh, Jennifer. Jennifer Steele. You are the protagonist in your own series of detective novels. Actually, you know what? You're the antagonist to Lock and Key, and your name is Steel Trap. <laughs> Andrew Steinley. Andrew, back again. Andrew, I don't know how many more things I can say about you, <laughs> but... Uh, Andrew's first job was mowing the lawn outside of a national tire and battery. <laughs> and Jennifer Brennan. Oh, Jen Brennan. Jennifer, your best friend in high school was definitely named Ashley. It's mm, probably true. <laughs> All right, that 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 about does it for this week. That's the donor list. Um Donors, thank you. Thank you so much. Your, your donations are always very much appreciated. Uh, we're all caught up now. If we're not caught up, email me. Well, email us at mattanddory at gmail.com or dorianmatt at gmail.com and uh, say, hey, I donated. Yeah. In the subject line. And that way we'll get all to it. And thanks, everyone. That does it. Uh, we'll have, yeah, a, we'll have right? a bonus episode soon. We'll have a bonus episode very soon. Email uh, us with bonus episode next, question. Not this coming week, but the week after. We got to wait for a time when Dory's home. Yeah. Uh, you guys rule. Thank you so much. Tell your friends about the podcast if you like it. Uh, if you don't like it, don't tell them about it. That'd just be mean. Oh, and Monday night, May 1st, if you're listening today, I'll be in Boston at 7 p.m. at Trident Booksellers. And then... Right next to Newberry Comics, everybody. Thursday, May 4th, I'm going to be at Skylight Books in Los Angeles. There you go. At 7 p.m. No, 7.30. 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Um, so come by to either one of those. Great. All right. See you later. Bye. There's some music playing right now. Bye. And the sea is just a wetter version of the skies. Let's get a silver bullet trailer. And have a baby bye I'll safety pin this clothes all cool